Because so many times we try and think if we can use the name of Jesus in some magic way, then we can get an answer to prayer. You know, and if we just, um, you know, so, some of, the, some of the, the things that I see uh, on television is that you must not say Jesus, but you must say uh, like Joshua. You know, the right name of Jesus, the right pronounce, pronounce the name correctly. You know, your life must be right in order for God to, um, to, to, to answer your prayer. But when I went and looked at prayer, and I'm just going to recap for like 10 minutes on what we said last week, I realized that prayer is nothing. It's got nothing to do with that. Now, uh, Psalm 34, uh, 37 from verse 4. Let's read. It says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of your heart. Okay, delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. That word delight also means to be pampered. Okay? To be pampered by God. Now, I don't know, um, yeah, Elena, I don't know if it's going to be in, in Strong's here. Just go over, delight thyself there, 6026. Yes. Um, yeah, double click on that. And then you go to uh, Thayer definition, uh, 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 BDB, on the bottom left there. Yes. Right, just uh, go down there, let's see. It says, uh, to be soft, to be delicate. Okay, go down a bit more. To delight. Oh, where did I find that now? Exquisite delight. Yeah, it's just above it. Pampered there. It says there. To be pampered. Okay. So, it's to find such an exquisite delight in what God has done that you are experiencing the pampering of God. Okay. Now it says, delight yourself in the Lord. It is impossible to delight yourself in something without making use of it. I mean, how do you delight yourself in, the, in, a, in a nice restaurant? Without <laughs> eating food there. You know? How do you delight yourself in your children without their presence? It's very difficult. The best and the highest form of delight is to make use of. How do I delight myself in uh, something new I got? A new computer or a new car or something? By driving it and allowing that thing to bless me. So that's how we delight ourselves in the Lord. So many times we thought that delighting ourselves in God is something we need to do where God has got this thing where He looks and sees as if you find enough joy now. And, and you, you, you praise Him enough. You worship Him enough. And when you do that now enough, you qualify for blessing. So you've got this desire that you have before God and then you're going to bring this desire before Him. You want to go on a, a trip to Paris and now you bring it before Him and now you're going to put enough delight in your heavenly delight account and then when you put enough delight in there, then you'll go to Paris. Now that is not what that verse says. It says allow your heart, allow yourself to be uh, uh, to find such delight in what is done for you that you are experiencing the pampering of God. And then it says, He will give you the desire of your heart. That would also means the request of your heart. Okay? Now, the, the, the Greek word for prayer also means request. To request something of God. So, when we are being pampered by God, 
knowing what we have already received from Him, knowing the fullness and the implication of what is done for us, we will be so satisfied with what is done, and even out of that, we will find certain requests coming forth, like I've shared last time. In this delight that I have uh, in the Lord, and how He pampers and cares for me, and it's a difficult thing for a man to say, I'm being pampered. But I must be honest, I feel pampered when I, th- when I think of Paul that was counted faithful to preach the gospel while he killed the church. Okay. To think that God counted him faithful. So he was seen as faithful on account of who and what. Because he was counted faith. When did Paul start to preach? One week after his encounter with Jesus. So when was he counted faithful? Paul, when he was on the road to Damascus, um, you know, God showed him the things that he had to suffer in his encounter there for the gospel. So right there, at that day, he was already counted faithful to be an apostle of the gospel of grace. And he was counted faithful while he persecuted the church. Now that, when I think of that, and I think of how God relates to man, I feel pampered. I find great delight, and I make use of that. I start to meditate and to think that that is how God thinks about my life. Not my wife's life, not my children's life, my life. That's how God thinks about me. I am found fully faithful in the sight of God. I am fully qualified with all spiritual blessings that there can be in the heavens. The word spiritual blessing means blesses the the Hebrew word barak to speak well. Okay? With all the well speaking that can even be found in the heavens, God spoke well of vertebrates and is continuing and continually doing that all the time. And that's what He does about you with your life. He, He blesses you. He speaks well of you, for He only sees good. And when we delight in that, now delight is not to have knowledge about that, but to hear Him say that to you. Become practical and think, that's what He says about me. You know, And that love of God brings forth desires. That love of God brings forth what is actually the word requests. Okay? So it's like going to a, a, a restaurant... You delight yourself in that restaurant. You go there. And then there is a menu. And say somebody says, he, he will pay the bill. It's, it's on, on the house, for instance. I mean, everything on that menu belongs to you. It belongs to you. It is yours. Okay? And as you go and you read through the menu... And you allow your heart to believe that anything that's there is already yours. You will find what you need for now. The desire, the request come forth. Then you call the waiter. And you say to the waiter, this is what I want. And then the power of the restaurant. The prosperity of the the owner of the restaurant provides that for you. You are very welcome. Amen. There's a seat right over here or on the side there. Okay. Well, anyway, so that's exactly what it's all about. So when we come before God, we realize that 
our hearts are being pampered by God's unconditional love. Our hearts are being pampered by His care for us. And we from that platform request before God. So many times we find our requests come from uh, the world dictating to us what we must have. We go into a place, and I'm not saying that we cannot have uh, 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 good stuff in this world. Remember what Jesus said. He said that the things that the world desire, I say you need. Okay, according to um, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6. He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into, into barns. He says, then he says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things that the Gentiles need... God says, or that the Gentiles desire and want, God says you need and He will provide it for you. So I'm not saying you cannot have it. But let's not find our pampering in a shop. But let's have our pampering by what God says about us. And then God knows what He has provided for us for now, and that request will come forth in our hearts. So the work we have to do, if you want to say there's a work to do, is to sit back and enjoy the rest of God. Amen. Where we don't want to qualify for anything, but where we enjoy His qualification as our qualification. Amen. Right, then we went to... Um, so when we pray a prayer, when we make our prayer known to God, is when this desire that comes forth, like I said about Zambia for instance, I, I felt in my heart, I mean I've been going there for many years. I didn't delight in... Having a mission station. I didn't delight in having a, a, a big ministry. I'm not being pampered by the size of the ministry. I'm not being pampered by if a place is built there or not. What pampers my heart is His doing that is for free. That pampers me. And I allow that. And from there I find a request. Because I know everything is provided there. Say, so, Lord, thank you that we can start a mission station there. Amen. You know? So, that's what it says. You'll find this request, then you make your request known to God. So this request that comes up will be of God. It will feel like yours. It will be seen as yours, for God has given it to you. You make it known to God. And then He brings it forth, the next verse, verse, as we rest in His integrity. Amen. So, if the God that you believe in is not, a, in your mind, a God of integrity, it's going to be very difficult for you to pray. Like I said on the men's camp, the same guy that tests you, that puts you through hard times to purify you, that uh, brings calamity, you know, is, is, is the guy that you pray to and hope that He'll answer your prayer. I mean, you can't. I mean, so many times when you go through a hard time, this is what we think. We think, is this of God? Or is this of the devil? Saying that God can act like the devil. Isn't it? Saying that this very thing that the devil can do might be God. Ah, that's impossible. It cannot be. Now you go with that heart... And you want to trust that person in your prayer. It's impossible. That's why it's impossible to have a prayer in the will of God without being pampered by God. I want to tell you that. You must know that God delights in seeing you innocent, not because of your good work, but because 
He made you innocent with His love for you. While you never even believed in Him. He did that. For He loves you. Amen. It's so wonderful, you know. On the men's game, we spoke about the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And we connected to the word love. <clears throat> now, when the woman was caught in the act of adultery, then she was brought before Jesus. And then Jesus loved her. Now, the Bible says love keeps no book of, of wrong. So when he opened the book, he saw no wrong there. For he did not keep book of her wrong. For he walks in love. Amen. Now that thought, which is truth, pampers my belief about God. And from there, I find a desire to speak to people about the gospel of grace and share the message about their innocence in the work of the cross and not their good works. Hallelujah. Amen. So that is how we pray. <laughs> as simple as that. Prayer is not this thing you do every night. You go on your knees and thank you, Jesus. You know, now I'm praying for an hour. I don't know. I tell you, since I've understood the grace message, I don't know how to pray for an hour. How do you do that? The word prayer also means to meditate. In the Hebrew it means to meditate, to ponder upon, to think of. So when you think of the goodness of God towards you, you are praying. You are in prayer. Amen. And as you are thinking about this goodness, you find these things in your heart that you talk to God about. And as you share that with Him, this request that comes forth, that's all prayer. Meditation about His goodness and that idea of goodness, how He, how he loves you unconditionally, brings forth a, a, a conversation between you and God. That's prayer. Amen. Now that's effortless prayer. That's effortless prayer. If something is not effortless, my friend, listen to me. If change is not effortless, if prayer is not effortless, I'm going to talk about fasting now. If it's not effortless, it's not of God. But Betty, this sounds now like heaven on earth. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. As it is in heaven, so on earth. Hallelujah. This is heaven on earth. The rest of God that we are entering in by Him representing us. I saw that thing again. I mean, the people were shouting for the, for the Westlijke Provincie, you know? For the stormers. I mean, they sit, that, that guy sits there, he can't sleep at night, even the masker, he can't breathe. He smoked his lungs away all his life. He sits there, he swore on fix. If he goes to the toilet and he comes back, he's out of breath. But when the stormers win, they say, he says, we've won. We have won. <laughs> I saw it again. It's the very same thing. You know, Christ represents us. Right, let's go to the next verse, Psalm 100 and um, I think it's 2. Let's make sure. Psalm 102 verse 17. Psalm 102 verse 17. I want to just explain something here. I saw this, uh, 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 this last night. Um, lost mama. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Psalm 102 
verse 17. Wat sê die, ek, ek hoor hier die grapie, die vrou sê, die man vraag vir die vrou sê, hoe kan jy so mooi, en so, hoe wees Abri? So simpel, stupid, ja, hoe kan jy so mooi wees, en so stupid wees? Op diezelfde tijd. Zij sê, ek is so mooi, zodat so jij van mij kan hou, en ek is so stupid, zodat so ik ek van jou kan hou. <laughs> ok, so wonderful, <laughs> It says he will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. Okay? He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise number 853 there, Alpha Omega, their prayer. Okay, remember that word is not a translated word. I want to show you something there. Uh, just double click on it. Okay, and then you just go down a little bit, and you just look at the root word where it comes from, a bit more. Oh, sorry, go to Strong's. Strong's on the left top there. Yes. Go down. From Hebrew word, go a bit, a bit up. I'll say, you see, it's from the Hebrew word 226. Now, just delete that and type H226. I'm going to show you what that means. Okay, right. And then you go to uh, BDB, and we read that. Okay, the definition there is, it's a sign or a signal, a distinguishing mark, a banner, a remembrance, a miraculous sign, an omen. Okay, now, go to Webster's, by Oene, there, and then type in omen here, and we see what that means. Okay, right. A sign or an indication of some future event. Isn't that awesome? It's the Hebrew, for, for those of you that are here for the first time, it is the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph Tav. That, that word is two characters, Aleph and Tav. In Greek, Alpha Omega. Okay? It could not be translated, nobody knew what it meant, but it was a sign. It was a sign. It was a sign or indication of some future event. Now Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. So, let's go back to that verse and read it. He will regard their prayer. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise the future event, which is their prayer. Okay, so the prayer of man before God is what Jesus did for you. Amen. Jesus is your prayer. So when Jesus came to the earth, what He did in His action was actually a prayer and a supplication before God for your righteousness and your innocence. Amen. And your qualification for every blessing. So, my qualification for every blessing is not uh, uh, situated and is not founded anymore on my eloquence of speech in my prayer. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, don't use this vain repetition of words. Thinking you'll be answered because of your many words. 
but it says, go into your room, close the door, and pray in secret. Now, I think there's something more, because, I mean, Jesus prayed in the desert, and God heard him. He prayed when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't go into a house, close the door, and prayed. What he was actually talking is, go into the secret place. What is the secret place? It's, it's that which was actually hidden from man, which is this gospel of God's unconditional love. Go into what, is a sec- what, what, what was secret, Christ, what is done for you. And there you make your request known. Where Christ is your prayer. And you'll see how He answers. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The, you know the most wonderful thing about the gospel? Is before you ask anything... When you believe what is done for you, you will be satisfied. And from that place of satisfaction, you'll have a communication with God. Amen. Can you guys just put these other lights on as well? Amen. You'll be satisfied by what God has done. Hallelujah. And out of that satisfaction we pray. Now, let's go to Matthew. Matthew, we're going to talk a little bit about prayer and fasting. Matthew 17, verse 21. Now, as I was studying a bit on on prayer and fasting in the Bible, and and I will do more of a study next week and and come back with a a bit more information about that, but I didn't find in Exodus or Deuteronomy some indication of how to fast. Where that was normally given. And the way I see fasting was actually people afflicting themselves, punishing themselves in order for God to, to see their, uh, their sincerity in order for God to answer their prayer. Okay. So, Psalm, uh, 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 Matthew 17, verse... Yeah, Matthew 17, let's go there. Talking about fasting and prayer. So, number one, you need to be pampered by God. And this is not just a sermon... This is not just, well, there's one part of the kingdom of God where you can for one day in a month go and be pampered by God. Unless that is your, that's supposed to be your lifestyle. Where you go and sit down and hear all the good things God says about you all the time. Jesus spoke well of the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. He spoke well of the people that was caught, uh, his disciples caught eating on the Sabbath where they, were, they weren't allowed to do it. He spoke well of the man that was paralyzed and everybody thought he had a curse. He spoke well of the woman that was at the issue of blood that was cast out by everybody. He spoke well of them. He spoke well of the centurion, said, Great is your faith. Even the woman that was by the law called a dog, when Jesus answered her according to the law, He says, You are a dog according to the law. I cannot heal you. You know what Jesus then said? She said, Well, I believe you can. And then He said, Great is your faith. He spoke well. Jesus all the time speaks well of you all the time. How can you have a revelation, uh, I mean a relationship with somebody, you think he gossips of you, about you every now and then, and thinks bad of you now, and then he thinks good. Then you want, I mean that's a wonderful thing about my relationship with Eliana. I know that the, she thinks well of me. I know that she will take my side. If there's an argument about something, even if I'm wrong, she'll take my side right there. That's the way it is. And with her the same. Even if she's wrong. If we are in a, in a public place, and, 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 and even if she's wrong, I'll, I'll side with her. In some way, I will side with her. She's my wife. 
That's the love of my heart for her. I see good in her. Amen. She sees good in me. Maybe when we go home, I will talk to her and say, but I think this is the way or that's the way. You know? But I'm for her. And how much more God? And the platform from where God speaks is the perfection in Christ. For what's true in Jesus is true in you. If what was true in Adam could be true in you, when Adam sinned, you became a sinner, then we can be righteous because of what Jesus has done. Right, Matthew 17. What happened here was Jesus casted out devils, or, or Jesus told the disciples, go and cast out devils. And then they casted out devils, but then there was some person, the devil didn't want to go. Okay, then they were very worried, and, and, um, and they said to Jesus, Jesus asked them late, verse 19, Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to a yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Then verse 21, Howbeit this kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. Okay, now that is a big prayer and fasting verse where we get prayer and fasting. Now I want you to go to the um, American Standard Version, the third one from the top left there. Okay, right, let's read it there, that same verse. Okay, okay, okay. You see that whole verse is italicized. Do you know what that means? It's not in the original language. It's not even there. It's not supposed to be there. You can just delete it. <laughs> and we've been suffering. You know, the greatest suffering about fasting is not the hunger. It's the condemnation because we never do it. Amen. Because who fasts? You must be honest. No, you don't fast. We just feel guilty. Amen. But there it says that that devil will not go out but by prayer and fasting. Now that kind that it actually talks about, he comes and he says, the reason why you couldn't do this is because of your unbelief. But this unbelief will leave you. This unbelief will go through prayer and fasting. Now, with our traditional way of understanding prayer, my goodness, that is just such a con condemning verse. Because if I don't go for an hour a day, or on a regular basis, and pray... You know, then I will not have enough faith to conquer Satan. And then I must fast. Now let's, <laughs> with, 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 a, with a true definition of prayer, being pampered by God, yes, that makes sense. Okay, unbelief can leave you, unbelief about who God is, and what you have, what you think you have not received about God, or it can leave you if you allow your heart to be pampered by God, by Him saying to you what is freely given to you because He loves you. Then unbelief can go. It's very easy, you know. If I don't believe something about a certain person, but I go to the person and I let him speak to me, what he says to me can change my belief. In the very same way, if I've got unbelief in a certain area of my life, all I need is to be loved of Him in that area of my life. And then persuasion of what is given to me in that area of my life will come forth in my heart. And then the request will be made known. 
and we will see the victory manifesting in our life. Amen. So that prayer was fine. But then it also says fasting. Now there must be some manuscripts where they got this, but the oldest manuscripts does not say that. That's why the American Standard Version has italicized that it's not there. Okay. Now fasting. Let's look at fasting. Let's go to Isaiah 58. And we're going to look at fasting. <clears throat> now I don't believe in a hunger strike. You know, when we decide not to eat so that God can see how serious we are so that God can answer our prayer. We don't have to do that. But I want to explain to you that fasting actually is just a, a, an Old Testament way, not even an Old Testament way, it was a thing that was not only practiced by the Jews, but by many people of all religions and faith, where they were actually bringing pain upon themselves to punish themselves so they can be blessed by their God. And people did the same thing towards God. They stopped to eat. Now I do believe that there, and I mean in the, you will find where, where the prophet says, call out a fast. And that speaks of, we are stopping to eat this, what we've been eating, and we wait for God to answer us. Now in the New Testament, all that will be is, I am stopping to eat this, this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this tree of condemnation and judgment, I will not make that my food anymore. I will not make works righteousness my food anymore. But what I will eat is the flesh of Jesus believing in what He's done. Amen. That's the only thing that to me makes New Testament sense. That's it. Hallelujah. Amen. Now listen to what it says. It says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression. And the house of Jacob, their sins. Now listen to this. Here God comes and He says to Isaiah, Tell the house of Jacob their sin. Show them their transgression. But we know God is not the sin conscious God. Now listen. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation they did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me... The ordinances of justice, uh, they take delight in approaching to God. Now listen to this. Here he says, Tell my people all their sin. Tell my people their transgression. Yet as a nation, they are doing righteousness. They are doing everything right. But I want to show you to show them their sin. But they're right, but they've got sin. Now what is this? Listen to the next verse. He says, Wherefore have we fasted, say they, and you see not? Wherefore have we afflicted our souls, and you take no knowledge? Behold, in the day of our fast, you find, uh, you, behold, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure, and exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife and debate, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. You shall not fast as you do this day, to make your voice to be heard on high. Now, what does that mean? Here he comes, he says, listen guys, what you guys do is, you fast to strike with a fist of wickedness. Now, what is the fist of wickedness in all the teachings that we've been, te been teaching in this church? It is this message of condemnation. So what you're actually fasting is to hear a voice from God so that He can condemn the other nations. 
and other people. It's not to bring acceptance, it's to bring condemnation. Now listen to what he says here. Okay? Is such a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul, to bow down his head as a bulrush, or to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call that a fast and acceptable day of the Lord? Now listen to the problem that God's got with him. He says, listen, you are seeking me according to all the Old Testament ways and everything there, you are perfect. But I've got a problem with that. Because you are afflicting yourself. You are bowing down your head in a way that I don't want. You are bringing harm to yourself. You are staying hungry. You are suffering. You are spreading out sackcloth and ashes. You are humiliating yourself. I don't want you to humiliate yourself. That's not the fast that I've chosen. I haven't chosen that fast. That's not how God wants us to fast, to humiliate ourselves. Imagine, just, just give you, th- think, put yourselves in God's shoes. And you've got children. And the only way when you're going to answer them is if they are so serious begging you that they stop to eat. And they're humiliating themselves by throwing ashes on them. Then you find delight in that. No way. That's not God's way. He says here, is that my way? That you do that? He says, no, 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 that's your fast. But I have chosen another fast. Look at the fast that he's chosen. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free? Now let's just read that verse again. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens? Now that word heavy burdens, you go to Matthew 11 verse 28. He says that, are you heavy burdened? Come to me. For he is the fast that God has chosen so that the oppressed can go free. Amen. He is the fast. God has chosen. Now listen, I'm not saying you cannot spend time with God. I'm not saying, even if you want to go so far to say, I'm not going to spend time making food, I'm going to set a time apart to just spend time with God and pray. I'm not going to get the hassle of the basic things in the house and fine with me. I'm going to have more time to be pampered by God. I've got no problem with that. But to think because you are leaving your food and you are afflicting your soul, your mind, because you are suffering, putting out sackcloth and ashes, humiliating yourself, that God will answer you. He says, no, no, that way of fasting is just bringing forth more of the law in your mind. And I will not answer you. He says here, is this not the fast that I've chosen? So God says, I have chosen a fast. This fast is, and this is what this fast brings forth, the losing of the bonds of wickedness to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. So he says, take my yoke upon you. So I'm breaking the yoke of slavery. Paul says, why do you want to be under the law? Do you want to be a slave again? So what's the fast that he's chosen? That we will separate ourselves from this condemnation, judgment, sin-conscious life, and let the oppressed go free. Amen. (laughs) Is it not to deal out thy bread to the hungry 
and that you bring the poor and the cost out to the house when you um, when you see the, when you see the naked that you cover him and that you hide yourself not from your own flesh let me explain that what is he saying there is it not to give your bread to the hungry what bread are we eating today listen we want to interpret fasting in the New Testament what bread are we eating today we're eating his body isn't it? Isn't this the fast that I've chosen? You take this bread and give it to people. You separate yourself. You put yourself aside for the gospel of His unconditional love of no sin consciousness, but love consciousness. Amen. To get, give your bread to the hungry. To bring the poor and the outcast to the house. To my house. Where is my house? I'm dwelling in the house of the Lord. In what He's given to me for free. That's where I dwell. I dwell in the presence of His love. To bring the poor and the outcast there. What does He say? Let the poor say, I am rich. So go and tell the poor how rich He is in Christ. Amen. For this gospel, this is the fast that God has chosen. For this gospel to be spread. Amen. And that you hide not yourself from your own flesh. Verse 8. Then shall, you, then shall you see light break forth as the morning, and, you shall, uh, and your health shall spring forth speedily, um, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your reward. Okay, so what is he saying here? He says, as we spread this, we will find this blessing manifesting in our life. Okay, verse 9. Then shall you call on the name of the Lord, and He shall answer. You shall cry, and He shall say, Here am I. If you take away, listen to this, from your midst of you the yoke and putting forth of the finger and speaking vanity. So what does he say? When will we experience this love of God? When will we experience the breakthrough we always wanted? And that breakthrough, let me tell you something, God has defined it. It is the very love of God experienced and manifest in your life. When will we do that? When we take away the yoke from our midst. What's that? The law judgment system. And the pointing of the finger. You're wrong there, you're wrong there, you're wrong there, you're wrong there. If you take that away from your midst, where you tell people all the time their mistakes and faults, then you'll see your light, my light. What is my light? That's the rest that I'm in. My light will break forth. Where? In the lives of people. For the fast that God has chosen is to share this message of unconditional love and grace with people. And for you to be free with what He has given you. He has chosen a fast. What is a fast? It's to stop to eat something. So for us to stop to eat something, that will bring forth the manifestation of righteousness. Remember what God said in the beginning. He says, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So they were eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And since that day, man is still eating of it. I want to know what's right, I want to know what's wrong, I want to eat the right thing, believe in what's the right thing to do, then God will bless me. He says when we fast, the fast that He has chosen is for us not to eat those things. And to partake in what He gives us to eat, which is His flesh and His blood, partaking of innocence as a free gift, partaking of righteousness as a free gift. And from that platform we'll see our light break forth. Hallelujah. 
You know, I, I heard this thing and it hit me like a hammer, man. They said that this one woman in, in, in London, or in, in, in the UK, won the lotto twice. Now, that was not amazing to me. What stood out for me was that even if you win the lotto, your lust for money cannot be satisfied. Because why does she go and buy another ticket then? That's it. So thinking you're going to have a lot of money and you're going to be free is just a lie. The woman winning the lotto proves it. So if you want the yoke to be broken, the yoke is that money defines you. That you are what you have. That's the yoke that there is. And then God says, I've chosen a fast. And that is where this yoke can be removed from you, where you're not defined in what you possess, in how you look anymore. I don't say, have nothing. I don't say, look bad. It's like, you know, this one, some churches say you're not allowed to put, off, put on makeup, you know. They asked uh, Kenneth Hagen, what do you think about that? He says, man, if a barn gets old, needs some painting. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> Just paint the thing, it looks good again. Amen. So I'm not saying don't buy yourself stuff. I'm not saying, but he will break the yoke where that defines you. Amen. He will break the yoke where success defines you, where health defines you, where prosperity defines you. I'm not saying we're not allowed to be healthy. But the sickest thing is when you find that your health defines you. That's sickening. Amen. Hallelujah. And I like to read that. Go up again, my love. If you take away from your midst of thee the yoke, the pointing of the finger and the speaking vanity. Speaking vanity, teaching emptiness. What is vanity? You shall not use the name of the Lord your God in vain. Okay? You, what is vain? It means empty. So you're using the name empty. You are speaking something that's got no worth and no substance. Telling people all the time, you, you, you short this, you're not good enough. You know, if you do this, then God will. Then take that away from your midst. Take condemnation out of your midst. Take disqualification out of your midst. This is the fast that I've chosen. If you want to fast, fast from condemning yourself all the time. Fast from judging yourself all the time. Fast from pointing the finger all the time. Fast from putting yourself under a yoke where you feel burdened to serve God. Fast from that. That's the fast that God has chosen. Fast from finding your definition in what you drive and where you stay and who your friends are. Fast from that. Don't eat that. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? How do we fast from that? By just allowing our hearts to be pampered by what He's done for us. Bertie, but this is too good to be true. I don't even know where to start to think. Listen, 
You're either going to believe it now, or when you get into heaven. You can choose. But this is the truth, I tell you. Go before God and say to God, God, you know, I want to know the truth. Must I suffer with hunger before you answer me? And just see what his eyes convinces you of. No. He says, why do you want to suffer if I've suffered for you? No, no. So, Bertie, do you believe in fasting in the New Testament? Like I said many times, I've been on a 14-year fast now. For 14 years, I've been fasting. I'm not eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil anymore. I'm not eating condemnation anymore. I'm not eating works righteousness anymore. Hallelujah. I'm partaking of His doing. Amen. Now remember what I said. I'm not saying if you want to put time aside. and now If you want to do that, do that. Amen. Yeah, just do it for the right reason. Saying, listen, I'm, I don't want to, and I can understand especially with women. And boys in the house, and a man, and every, I mean, as was good as skorrel good, that is a heist, that is, you know, I can just thank God I'm a man. <laughs> I can understand if they say, listen, I'm taking a day off, and I'm going to just spend some time listening to some CDs, and I'm not going to cook or anything or whatever, you know? That would just be, I can understand that. But don't think, you saying? No, just like once in ten years is fine. <laughs> you know, I'm sure God will speak loud and clear. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So, you understand what I'm saying. I'm not against prayer, spending time with God. But I'm just saying, the foundation is so much different than what we've been thinking, and what we've been used to. Fasting, man, you can be fasting with, without ever skipping one meal. And I believe this with all my heart. Really. Amen. And the problem is, you can go to Corinthians, and you can look at some of the fasts that people fast, and Paul teach them on how to fast, because it was such a normal action thing that happened that he gave advice in how to do it because that's what people did you know Paul also said things that was cultural bound he said he doesn't allow a woman to teach a man she must be subject to the man never teaching anything but I can tell you there are some ladies that preaches grace you know, that I'll sit under that word, thanking God. Amen. But it's like in a Muslim culture. You know, listen, if you, if you open a church in a Muslim area, I will preach the same. I will not allow a woman to teach a man. Because in the Muslim culture, a woman cannot teach a man. You'll find they will never come to that church. They will never accept the gospel. Because of the, the way they're bound in their mind by their own laws. And I think the same thing counts for fasting where Paul spoke in Corinthians about fasting. Very same thing. That's what people did all the time. Most of the time. You know, they would fast then and fast then. It was such a part of, they fast twice a week, those Pharisees. And Jesus said, listen to what Jesus said. He said, why do you fast and look so sorry? 
Oh man, mark yourself mooi, you know? Look good. Because a fast is actually a joyous thing. Why? Because this was Jesus' idea of a fast. To lose the bonds of wickedness. Amen. Let's just read it from the top again. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sin. What was their transgression? What was their sin? They were fasting in the wrong way. Okay. Right. Go on. Okay. Cry. Okay. Next verse. Verse 2. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation they did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of, of their God. They asked of me the ordinances of justice and they take delight in approaching to God. So they did everything right. But their fast brings forth the fist of wickedness. The, 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 the blow of the law. So if I come today and I want to say, I, I know if we don't fast twice a week, not eating, and beating our bodies, making it our slaves, then God will never care for us. I'm hitting with the first of wickedness. Because the judgment system, condemnation system, I don't have time to explain that now, is the first of wickedness. Amen. So I want to tell you by just believing in grace, you are fasting. Yes. That's it. That's another thing. It's pride. I remember when I was fasting twice a week. I was thinking I'm better than other people. Because I fast. And what happens is the moment you fast, you think God must speak to you. And then you start to hear voices, man. (laughs) Those type of of things, you know. Yeah. And to be honest with you, whenever I wanted to fast about a certain thing, just to practical thing, I said, well, I'm not going to eat now, and I'm going to fast. And I go and I pray about that thing, I got the answer anyway within 30 minutes. Then I starve myself for another three days. It's foolish, man. Because God's desire was not for me to suffer like that. He answers me right away. Amen. <laughs> Just think about that. This is the fast that I've chosen. To lose the bonds of wickedness. To let the oppressed go free. If you want to see your light break forth, if you want to see the life of God manifesting in you, take away the pointing of the finger from the midst of you. Don't live by the law, judgment, condemning system anymore. But break that yoke of finding your definition in your works and all that. And bring the gospel of grace That's the fast God has chosen. I want to fast for the rest of my life. Amen. I want to pray all day. And I pray most of the day. Because if you think of the goodness of God, you're in prayer. Amen. Isn't that good? Let's close our eyes. Father, I want to thank you for your great love. I want to thank you for your mercy and your grace. I want to thank you that we can, with such ease, live in this world. This effortless life, where you give us joy and peace. Thank you that we don't have to try and live this, but this is what you bring forth in us as we understand what you have freely given unto us. Thank you, Father. You're such 
a good, good God. Thank you that you will hear our prayer, which is Jesus. Thank you for the, for the olive and the tub, the alpha and the omega, which is the sign of a future event, which is Jesus Christ. You will hear Jesus, our prayer, and answer us and give us the desire of our heart, which is righteousness as a free gift, which is that you will not deal with us according to our works, which is to have the fullness of the Godhead inside us for free. That's the prayer of every man's heart. And you hear the prayer of every man, which is Jesus. And you give it for free. Thank you, Lord, that we can now embrace that and make use of that and delight in that by making you saying, you've made us righteous. You forgave our sins. You deal with us on the basis of who Jesus is. Thank you, Father. Father, I also want to pray for everybody that's watching all over the world via the internet. I just declare over all of them that this truth is not true only about me and the people that's here in this small gathering, but it's true about your life in the name of Jesus. It's true about your life. God has set you free. God does not strike with a fist of wickedness. Wickedness is to twist. God doesn't twist this gospel. He sees what Christ has done. Amen and amen. I just want to say this for our viewers um, over the internet. You know, Jesus, when he spoke to Paul, Paul's, he said to Paul, Paul, why, or Saul, why do you persecute me? He didn't say, why do you persecute the church? He said, why do you persecute me? For the way God sees the individual, he sees him in the same light and person as Jesus. And that's the reality of God. That's how God relates to you. Amen. That's how God relates to us people. Amen. Isn't that awesome? He loves you. You are the beloved of God. The banner over you is love. Amen. Thank you so, so much. I want to thank you for your generosity as well. Those of you that want to give, you are more than welcome. You know the box is out there. Please order some of the CDs. We want to give it to you. It is for free, like you know. So, um, and order for some of your friends that you can spread this gospel. Amen. And fast that 